The reading is Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 21. And this can be found on page 1139 in the Red Bibles. We have Bibles in other languages and versions available at the back of church. And page numbers for those are on the screen. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks very much, uh, Nikki, for that reading. Um, keep your Bibles open, would you? And we'll have a look at it together. I'll pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for the help of your Spirit now as we look at this together. And we pray that we be mindful of the work of your Spirit in us. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, we are working our way through um, this uh, latter part of the book of Romans. Um, and if you haven't been with us, we've got to this point, And we've called um, this uh, series called um, To Community. Um, and you might look at these verses and think there's a, a kind of scattering of, of thoughts here. What, what do we make sense? Uh, how do we make sense of those? Um, I don't know whether we've got our slides at the back or whether they are um, stuck at the moment. They're currently stuck. That's okay. We can work without. Um, so, um, what do you make of this scattering of, um, uh, of thoughts, these verses? I want to suggest to you um, this morning that there's something that Paul is arguing that we need to uh, kind of pay t- attention to, um, and that is that we're called to love, and we're called to love not just people like us. We're called to love not just people like us. Now that phrase, people like us, might mean, um, I expect it to mean quite a few different things. When I use the phrase people like us, you know, you know what I mean? The, the sense of people like me, the people I'm comfortable with, the people I know, the people who are kind of like me. And um, there are a number of things that you might kind of have in your mind. Um, if you would do a little thought experiment with me at the start here. The things that have made you who you are. Um, there's a, a list of them that I've got. The, the place that you're from, um, your ethnicity, 
Um, your, the amount of money that you either grew up with or have now, and whether that was uh, a little and more now or vice versa, and, and uh, lots once and less now. Uh, your family situation, uh, the school that you went to, um, the uh, culture that you're a part of, your nationality, if you're from a different um, uh, country and you're here this morning, um, and perhaps the church that you went to or haven't gone to. If you're not a church goer here, you're very welcome this morning. Those things all make up who we are. They make up the fabric of who we are. And they also kind of feed into that phrase, people like us. When I say that for you, it'll actually be very different for many of us here. There we go. There they are. Thank you. Super. Um, those different things. Do a, do a thought experiment with me. And would you take those in your mind through what we're going to do this morning? Because as I suggest to you that Paul is urging us to, to, to love not just people like us. You need to know where you've come from. You need to know what has made who you are so that you know instinctively these are the kinds of people I look out for, I'm comfortable with. And it will have been shaped by all of those factors and many more besides as well. But have your mind on that as we go through. And if you're a note taker, you might want to just jot them down quickly because I suggest worth thinking through this week. Even how have you been formed? What, uh, what instinctively are people like me uh, or the phrase people like us to you. And we're going to think about three things, because Paul is calling us to do, um, to love in quite radical ways. Three things that we'll look at, calling us to love not just people like us, but those with less than you, uh, those with different views to you, and finally, those who have wronged you. Okay, those are, that's where we're going for the rest of our time. So the first of those is those with less than you. If you just um, look back at these verses with me, um, this first paragraph, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Um, Four brief things. And these are family words. He is picturing people who've come together and he is giving them an instruction to be like family with one another. So um, being devoted it's, uh, and, and loving one another, it's the Philadelphia sibling love. It's, it's a, they're family words. That's how we're to view one another. You'll remember the church in Rome was a mixture of Jews and Gentiles who had quite different cultures different ways of doing things. And he's saying, you are family together. Second, um, look at one another, honor one another above yourselves. Consider one another to be significant, uh, weighty. Regard others in that way. Give them significance. Uh, Thirdly, be intentional about it. Be be devoted, never lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord um, as you serve others. Don't just be reactive, be intentional Be attentive to how the Holy Spirit is working in you and prompting you. And make it practical, fourthly. Uh, Pursue hospitality is the phrase underneath that. Practice hospitality. Pursue. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. He's picturing these um, Christians in the first century, we imagine them, with their quite different ways of, of thinking about things. People like us would have meant different things to them. And he's saying, regard one another in these ways. Actively pursue hospitality with one another. Um, This is uh, Christopher Ashe, 
who's a Bible um, uh, scholar, and um, he wrote this, which I found very helpful. The trouble with becoming a Christian is that I find myself in a society whose members I have not chosen, and many of whom are very needy. By nature, I would prefer to be allowed into a club whose members are richer than me and where no calls will be made on my money, time, or love. Wouldn't it be lovely if that was what you were being invited to? A club where everyone was wealthier than you and was going to, you know, uh, look after you. That's not what the Christian church is called to be. And he's putting forward something quite radical here, to love those with less than you. Now, to give to those, uh, to, to share with the Lord's people who are in need, to have less than you can mean a whole range of things. It may be that somebody is here whom you know who has less than you emotionally, who has less emotional support than you do. It may be somebody who has less relational support, whose family situation means they have less relational support than you do. Uh, That's by way of uh, mental health. Their situation is that they feel they, they have less to offer than others have, and they need support. As well as those who have less than materially and financially. There may be those from overseas who have less by way of uh, a sense of community and culture around them than you have or than I have. Do you see there is a wide spectrum by which the Lord's people may be in need and they may have less than us. And to pursue hospitality, uh, to pursue them, to look out for them, to, to care for them, to welcome them into your home, is to not just look at those although it may include this, those who have less than you financially, maybe a whole range of things. And what Paul is urging the church here to do and urging us is in the people that you and I speak to after this service, uh, the people you might invite into your home, are they just people like us? Or do we have eyes to see those who are in need in a whole range of ways? We're called to love not just people like us, but those with less uh, than you. And then secondly, um, called to love not just people like us, but those with different views to you. Um, The next paragraph goes on. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Loving not just people like us means loving those who disagree with us. And they may disagree with us, and they may be inside or outside of the church. One of the interesting things about this passage is there's no um, firm distinction between when uh, Paul is getting them to think about how they treat their fellow Christians and how they treat those who are outside of the church, to use that phrase. There's no firm distinction. He moves backwards and forwards. He has here in verse 14, bless those who persecute you. So he's saying the church is not just to look after our own. The Christian community is to be different. Now, in the context of our society, we are highly polarized, aren't we, at the moment? 
Uh, we're a very polarized society, and you can see people um, entrenching positions. Um, you see people uh, uh, regarding one another with high levels of suspicion and talking about you not being one of us. And the anger with which one side speaks about another, politically, particularly at the moment. Um, you don't need to look far across the uh, uh, newspapers and the uh, news outlets to see how polarised we are and how people treat one another. And the, the Christian community is to be radically different. Um, it's to bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Um, I say there's no firm distinction. As you run on, there's no... Um, uh, you might think that we kind of get verse 14 and then verse 15, you know, mercifully we're now back to talking about um, fellow Christians. But actually there's no um, reason to think that. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. It's how, how we are to treat those who oppose us, who have different views to us, whether they are inside the church or outside the church. Now that is a, it's a, it's a pretty difficult thing. Um, to... Rejoice with those who rejoice. To be pleased for the success of those who you, who you disagree with is no small thing. Um, John Ortberg, who's a, an American writer, puts it this way. A person of love feels enhanced by the well-being of others. A person of envy feels diminished by the well-being of others. To rejoice with those who rejoice is no small thing when that person disagrees with you. To regard the success of somebody whom you don't naturally regard as one of you is no small thing. And the Christian community is called to that kind of um, radical thinking. Uh, verse 16, a lot of this um, anchors in how we think. Um, verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Um, underneath it, it's... it's uh, um, think the same towards the other person. Um, to not be proud is not to think um, too highly of yourself. Uh, to not be conceited at the end of verse 16 is don't be overwise in thinking about your own position. See what he's, he's kind of saying, don't, you're not called to love just people like us. Actually, those who disagree with you, those who take a different view, those who oppose you, whether they're inside or outside of the church. Thirdly, we're called to love not just people like us, but those who have wronged you. Um, the final paragraph. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I said there's no firm distinction um, between uh, the sort of Christian family, fellow Christians, and those outside. And it's an important reminder, do not repay anyone evil for evil, that those who wrong you may be inside the church as well as outside. Now, by nature, I guess, 
We often want to hit back. We often want to retaliate when we're wronged. Uh, we want to see somebody fall. We quite like it if they get, get their comeuppance and their noses are rubbed in it. And Paul calls us to something different to that. The interesting thing I think about this final paragraph is how realistic he is and how sensitive to the realities of the world, the complexities of the world he is. Um, let me point you to a couple of verses. The, the midway through verse 17, he says, Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And then verse 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. He's very attuned to the nuances of the situation that you might be in and I might be in. Um, There's two parts to it. Um, One is uh, active and one is passive, um, if I can put it in those terms. Actively, those words suggest it needs wise and careful thoughts about what to do when somebody has wronged you. And actually, it needs attentiveness to the work of the Spirit in you. And the work of of the Spirit using your conscience. Christian conscience is such an important thing. To be attentive to how is your conscience directing you. Um, what what, What might you ordinarily do, but in this situation you need not to do on this occasion? What, vice versa, what um, would you ordinarily not do, but in this situation you know you need to do, given the situation that we're in? See, it's highly realistic. It's really important to kind of note those because there is a, a passive element, and that comes when he says, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. Don't try and do God's job for him. Now, what he is not saying at this point is therefore just allow a wrongdoing to happen to you, allow an abuse to continue. He's not saying that. And the reason he's not saying that is actually the very point he's trying to say is leave room for God's judgment, his justice, his wrath, leave room for... God's doing what he has said he will do. And it will take us into chapter 13, where he will say part and parcel of that is referring to and using those authorities whom God has given and appointed to administer justice and to make sure right and wrong are dealt with as they should be. So can you see, he's not saying you just allow something to continue that shouldn't. The opposite. You need to refer to those whom God has appointed to oversee and administer justice. But rather, we don't treat those who wrong us in the way that they have treated us. We don't treat those uh, who have wronged us in the way that they have treated us. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. He's uh, possibly suggesting that In doing so, there will be a kind of shame that they feel and realize, potentially, the error that they have made. Evil only overcomes you and I if you or I give in to evil itself. I suggest at the start, knowing who you are, knowing how you've been kind of shaped and formed, what has made you, will create that sense in you of who, people like us 
who are people like me? Who are people like you? You'll know who you are comfortable with, the kind of views they have, the kind of lifestyle they may have, the, the kind of the, what you are familiar with. And Paul is calling us radically to, to be loving to, attentive to those with less than you, with those who have different views to you, and those who maybe even have wronged you. And that is the call of, uh, of the Christian community. Why do we bring this together? If you think for a moment, the only re- why would we do this? What would motivate us to do that? We will remember around the Lord's table, through bread and wine, his sacrifice for us. And if you stand back for a moment and look at these three things, think that is what Jesus did when he came to earth for us. He came, he stepped from heaven, he came to earth, and he came to love those with less than him. The Lord of all creation came to to us, mere humans. He came to those with different views to him, those who turned their back on him, who opposed him. And he came to those who wronged him and nailed him to a cross. And he did it out of love. And the more that we sense that he's done that, not just for them, he's done that for me, who turn my back on him, uh, who wrong him, the more I sense that, the more I will see in others ways to love them in ways that he has loved me. Um, I've stirred up a few things, I hope, along the way. Um, I wonder if we might just take uh, a minute just now. Um, Ollie's going to come and play uh, some music just for a moment, just to reflect. I put a couple of questions on the screen. Um, One of these that I've spoken about, which comes most naturally to you? I suspect some are easier than others. Uh, There's a lot in there that Paul throws into this passage, but some may be harder than others. Just a moment, uh, a minute to reflect, to pray, um, and then uh, we'll be led in prayers uh, just after that. Uh, But as some music plays, just have a moment um, to reflect and think. <laughs>